How's everybody doing today? I'm ready to share the word with you. I just wanted to take a couple of minutes and uh, just share a couple of things with you before we get started to kind of clarify where we're headed today. So first of all, my head is as big as it looks in your promo. If you haven't noticed, you'll go look at it now. My head's much bigger than everyone else's, apparently, and my wife will tell me that all the time, that my head's too big, and she pokes it a little bit and tries to let the air out of it. Secondly, I know your theme is going higher, and I believe that the Lord is calling many churches to do things that we haven't done before or things that we used to do. And for our church, I'll begin next week a sermon series on taking new ground, So I know that God is speaking to pastors. He's speaking to churches about moving forward. And I'm very thankful for your pastor, very thankful for his wife. I knew both of them before they were husband and wife. And so we won't talk about any of that, but we'll move on. But I am thankful to be here with them. It's an honor and a privilege. And I pray for Pastor Tim to be refreshed and renewed and come back ready to lead you guys moving forward. It was an honor for me to take this week with him. And so the Lord led me to talk about today actually going deeper. I know you're going higher, but sometimes we have to go deeper to go higher. And I don't know about you, but into the deep already sounds a little unnerving to me. I I don't even baptize people in the creek unless I have to. And um, I also uh, think about the unknown when I think about the deep. I think about the uncertainty of it, that I'm going to get to a place where I'm not going to be in control anymore. And my, my swim capabilities are about two levels above a rock. And so, so that makes me a little nervous. But how many of you know that God leads us to places just like that, where we can't see in front of us, we can't see behind us, we just have to, what, trust God. And so God knew from the beginning of time, that's what I love about his sovereignty, who would be here today in the service. He knew I would bring a word to you, and I have sought his face, and I believe this word is specifically for you today. And so I know for it to be delivered in the way that he wants to do it and the way that God desires to do in our altar service later, I need to step out of the way, and I need to decrease and have him increase. So would you just stretch your hands this way and pray for me this morning? Heavenly Father, I love you today. I'm so thankful to be in your house with your people, and I love you today with all of my heart, my soul, and my mind. And I thank you, God, for the word. I thank you that it is our guide, it is our lamp unto our feet, it's a light unto our path. I thank you, Lord, that it strengthens and it encourages. And today, Lord, I know that it's going to do that plus more. It's going to get deep in our spirits and it's going to divide even between bone and marrow. And Lord, you're going to take some things out today that you need taken out. And you're going to add some things that need to be taken But for that to happen, Lord, I must decrease and have you increase. Lord, I submit to your will and your way. Lord, I'm full of your word and I desire to give it today, but I desire to give it in the way that you desire. Add to or take away anything you want to in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 5 this morning and we're going to look at the calling of Peter and just want to take a few moments as we get there to kind of set the scene for what's happening there. Jesus is preaching in a little cove off of the Sea of Galilee. It's basically the Lake of Gennesaret is what they call it, but it's really a cove off the Sea of Galilee. 
And we're going to find Peter there washing out his nets after he'd been fishing all night. So let's get into the Word. Let's look at Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read the first three verses, and then I'll talk to you a few moments, and we'll get into some more verses. We'll do expository uh, today. I'm reading English Standard Version to you today. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So the first thing I want to talk about today about going into the deep is the Word. Jesus Christ is the Word made flesh, right? That's what John 1.1 tells us. And so for all of us that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there was a time where he asked to come into our lives. And we accepted that willingly and fully and desired for him to come reside in our hearts in the person of the Holy Spirit. Here we have Peter fishing all night. I've got Ricky and his wife Kaylee with me. They're interns and Ricky's a fisherman and many of you guys here are fishermen. And they had fished all night and caught nothing. And I'm not a fisherman. My son likes to fish, so I need to learn more about fishing. But I'm sure fishing all night and catching nothing is probably not a good thing to have, especially if it's your hobby. But for these guys, it's their employment. It's their income. And so they've labored and toiled, and they find themselves in a place that they have accomplished nothing. How many times in our walk with the Lord do we labor and toil and all of a sudden we think and we're in this place where we've accomplished nothing? Can I just tell you today that if you're in a dark place, if you're in a place where you're downtrodden, where your heart is heavy, where there's something eating at you, where you don't seem to have energy, where most of us probably are if we were to admit we're not living the abundant life that Jesus talked about in John chapter 10 that we can have life to the point of overflowing if you're there today open your ears and heart to the word because the word wants to speak to you today I love the fact that Jesus got into the boat and he said hey can you push out a little bit because the crowd was pushing him back up against the shore but he got decided to get in Simon's boat of all the boats And he said, will you push out a little further? And and he said, sure, I'll do that. How many of you know when the Lord begins to call us to something, he usually gives us something a little easy first? Sure, I can do that. And I can move forward to hear the word. And when we respond to the word, other people are watching. They're listening. No doubt when Peter was there washing out his nets, he heard the word of Jesus Christ. And he heard the promptings of him. And so when he got into his boat, I'm sure he was amazed that he would choose his boat. But when he said, hey, can you push this out a little further? He was eager and ready to respond to that word. So I pray today that when you hear the word, that you're eager and ready to respond for whatever God has for you to do. Because I guarantee you, it's going to be a lot of work. So let's look at work together. Luke 5, 4 and 5 says this. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, mastered, we told all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. Amen to the word of the Lord. So here's Peter. He's been pulling up that net all night. He's been rowing out in the sea all night. His arms are weary and tired, no doubt. 
He's probably broken. He's probably sitting there. I'm sure the voice of Jesus is very smoothing. And if it had been me and I've been up all night fishing, I'm like, man, I'm at peace. This dude's in my boat. I'm just going to take a little nap. And all of a sudden he says to him, it's not a question this time. It's not even a request. It is a statement. If you will launch out into the deep, I will give you a catch. How many of you this morning have a promise from God that you haven't seen fulfilled yet in your life? Can I just tell you those promises are not statements? They're not questions, but they're statements. That God doesn't go back on his word and it's yes and amen. But as I step forward in what God's called me to do, as this church steps forward in what you called to do, it's going to take work. It takes work to serve God. God doesn't call lazy people. If you look through the word, he's called Peter after he's fished all night. He called David when he was shepherding in the pasture. He called Gideon when he was threshing wheat. Go on and on and look, and he doesn't call the people lazy and laying up and not working. He calls the workers to work for him. So today, when you go to work tomorrow, believe that as the book of Colossians says, I'm working for the Lord. I don't get to. I don't even have to. I want to go to work because God may use me today in some way, fashion, form that will bring glory to him and bring income to my life and my spirit. We like to say a lot at our church, we don't have to, we get to. And if your heart's not there today, then you've got to go into the deep. Because it's going to take work to do what God is calling this church to do. And it's going to take work for all of us to reach the harvest. Because I believe God is compassionate. I believe he is merciful. And I believe he is going to reach for his people one more time before he calls us home. And I believe the harvest is ripe and ready to receive the word. But it's going to take work when the harvest comes into the house. Because discipleship is messy. Salvation costs me nothing, but I'm going to tell you when Jesus said, follow me and become my disciple, it costs me everything. And therefore, I labor not in vain because my labor is for the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Somebody needs to hear that. I hope it resonates deep in your heart. Your labor is not in vain because you labor for the Lord. And the Lord always bears fruit. He always brings harvest when it's in due season. So don't grow weary in doing well, but put your hand back to the plow, strengthen these old weak knees, I pray that all the time, and go back to work and get these hands and let's do what God's called us to do. Because in due season, we're going to see the harvest. Everything in Peter's mind says, oh no, I don't need to do this. Everything in his body tells him it's impossible, but his heart tells him with Jesus, all things are possible. He responds to that. He overrides the rationality of his mind because Jesus has stirred his heart. I pray today that your hearts be stirred by the word. I pray today that you realize that you can work again, that God's going to re-energize us. He's going to renew us. He's going to restore us back up so that we can move forward and have passion like we've had before. And some of us, we're going to stop trying to build our own kingdoms and we're going to start trying to build his. And we're going to go to work for something that's going to be eternal instead of something that's temporal. I'm debating on what to say. <laughs> Sometimes 
we pray for God to bless us with something, and the next thing you know, the blessings take place of the blesser. Pray for somebody to get a job, all of a sudden, job buys them a boat, all of a sudden we don't see them anymore because they're in the boat. You know, I only get Sundays off, Pastor, I got that new job. I can say that because I'm not pastor here, right? But if I work unto the Lord, that means everything I have belongs to him. That means everything under the sun, he can give it and he can take it away. Why would I not come to the house, and you're in the house today, so I'm not preaching to you. Why would I not come to the house and give him glory and honor and bring my tithes to the storehouse of all the work and labor because it's his fruit that I brought because I'm working for him. And I know sometimes it's hard to get back and stir your spirit back up. I've been through loss. I've been through times. We've all been through times where it's unprecedented, right? We've never been through a pandemic before. No one breathing alive has been through that. We've went through things that we never thought we'd have to go through. We, all of us, if we're honest, have been afraid in a certain way or form or fashion. But it's time now to put our feet back on the ground that is solid. It's time to put our hand back to the plow and go to work. And I know what you're saying. Well, my heart is hurting. My heart is broken. Our church prayed for things that we thought God would surely do, and he didn't do it because he's sovereign and his will is best. And I've had to learn to trust him through all of that. And I've had to learn to get let people go. And I've had to learn to let people back in because if not, we get weary and we get tired. And the devil says, you know what? If I can't keep them from going to hell, I'm going to keep make sure they don't reach somebody else. So I'm going to keep them weary and I'm going to keep them tired and I'm going to keep them broken and I'm going to keep them worried about all these other things. I'm going to keep them anxious. But can I tell you today, God is on his throne. Jesus paid the price. We can be free from everything that the enemy has entangled and ensnared us with. And so today, I pray that you will come alive. I pray that your hearts be stirred and summon your strength to launch out into the deep. doesn't matter what our mind says. It matters what our heart says, because James says in chapter 2, faith without works is what? It's dead, right? But once the begin to work comes, then comes the wait. Let's look at Luke 5, 6, and 7. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so heavy they began to sink. Now, that's some fish right there, right? Man, that's, that's called working it out, right? The boat can't hold it. The net can't hold it. I can't hold it. You can't hold it when it gets a hold of you, and you will never do it by yourself. There are no little kingdoms of I in the kingdom of God. It will always take more people to do the work God's called you to do than you think it will. Why? Because we're not made to do things alone. We're better together than we could ever be apart. Every family needs a church family. Everybody needs a church body. We are made to do things together. That's why it's so hard to stay in unity. Because the enemy knows when we're in unity, we're going to see miracles happen. Read the New Testament. Every time the church was in unity, miracles happened. Jesus said to him, I'd rather you lay your altar and your offering here and go make it right with your brother even before you begin to talk to me. God is looking to deal with bitterness. He's looking to deal with unforgiveness in this place today. He's looking to unify this church so you can move forward for the kingdom of heaven. And he has something for every single person to do. 
we all are better as a whole than we could ever be apart. We can't go forward without other people taking up oars and allowing other people to grab hold of the nets so that we can move in. And I know some are weary and some are tired and some are grieving. I know some key people may have jumped ship like my church and some others that you thought were going to stay didn't stay. But that doesn't matter. The work remains the same. All God is asking of you and me, will you say yes? And the question is to you today, will you say yes? As unique as the thumbprints on our thumbs, as unique as the destiny that God's called you to, as unique to the work that you have a part and a place in the kingdom of heaven, doing the work of the Lord. It may be serving, it may be giving, it may be promoting, it may be praying. God's going to show you what to do. He's going to stir your heart. And when you do, most likely when we go deeper, God's going to show us something that we probably didn't even realize. Or some of us, we know very sure what it is. And there's going to come a time where we have to wash. So let's look at the wash together. Verse 8 says, but when Simon Peter saw it, meaning the catch, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John and the sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simon. Here's the biggest catch, I believe, of all of Peter's life. Here's everything he had ever imagined and dreamed for. And all he can think of is, I am not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of this man being in my boat. I'm going to fall on his knees and I'm going to tell him to get away from me. But can you hear deep down in his heart? He's really saying, I'm not worthy, but I really want to be close. But I know I can't be close in the condition that I'm in. Some of you in this place today, you're holding on to something. You've got this sin habit in your heart. And every time you try to get close to Jesus, you know you can't. Because this thing over here says, if he just knew what you were doing. If you're a believer, he knows what you're doing. He lives inside of you. He knows how you feel about that thing. He knows how you feel about him. He knows how you feel about everything. So go ahead and talk to him about it. But do it from a position of being on your knees. Lord, I submit myself to you. I humble myself to you. I'm angry about what has happened. I trust you and I know you're sovereign. But Lord, I need you to help my heart and my soul. I do not understand and I have no right for you to give me clear answers. But Lord, I need you to encourage me. I need the power of God to come into my soul. And I don't live by feelings alone. But I need to feel you in my house, in this closet, in this car, in this office today. Those are kind of prayers that get Jesus standing up. Those are the kind of prayers that usher in the Holy Spirit. Those are the kind of prayers that stir me up. Get me fired up, get you fired up, and then we get out here and we get to moving forward. God is wanting to wash some of us today. Well, Pastor, I, I, I know, I know, excuse me, Don, I'm not Pastor here. I know. That I am saved. We're in South Mississippi. Everybody's saved. Somebody said a prayer somewhere, somehow, some way. But what I'm telling you today is this process of the word and then going to work and then the weight of it and then the wash is a cycle you and I will go through until Jesus comes and gets us. 
How do I know that? Because Peter went through that. Peter goes from this day forth. We're about to see his calling. Jesus is about to speak straight into his life. But from that day forward also, he began to say, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. And Jesus tells him, I know, Peter, no one told you that on earth. Only God, my Father, could have told that for you. And people just like you, Peter, that's who I'm going to build my church with. Now, we all think, oh, Peter was great, right? No, those of us that read the book, no. Peter had all kinds of problems, right? He tried to walk on water, and he did for about 10 seconds probably. Anybody like Peter? He's my, he's my apostle I identify with, by the way. He's my kindred spirit. I get about 10% of the information I need. I go out there, and I'm about drown. I'm like, I'm drowning, Jesus, I'm drowning. And he picks me up, and what did he say to Peter? Oh, Peter, why'd you doubt? But even more than that, Peter tried to be the greatest servant that Jesus ever had. He said, oh, Lord, if everybody leaves you, I won't do that. Everybody could deny you, Lord, but I won't do it. But Peter thought that he knew what Jesus was about to do, and he thought he knew his role. And so when they came to get him that night, he pulled his sword. Fishermen are probably not very good swordsmen. What do you think? And he cut off the priest high servant's ear. And Jesus put his ear back on and said, this is not the time. Put your sword up. If you live by it, you die by it. And Peter got so confused because he thought he for sure he knew what God was about to do. And he ran off. Anybody ever think for sure you thought God was about to do what you thought he was going to do? And it was totally opposite. Most of the time it is. And Peter ran off that night lost and confused and broken. And he denied the Lord three times, called down curses on himself and everything around him. But oh, on the same shore of Galilee, Jesus restored his soul. But even before then, in John chapter 13, Jesus, knowing all power and authority had been given to him in heaven and on earth, took off his outer robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began to wash his disciples' feet. And he comes to Peter. And Peter says, hey, hey, I need to be washing your feet. Please don't wash my feet. And Jesus says, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you don't have any part with me. Peter says, well, then wash all of me then. <laughs> Again, I relate to Peter. Get it all, Lord. Get it all. Wash it away. Here's the thing about fishing nets. If you don't wash them, the salt collects on them, and the salt makes them really, really weak, and they're no longer useful for their purpose. How many of us, if we're honest, and I will be honest, have or had grown salty and need Jesus to wash us today? Because we can't go higher carrying what we got. We can't go higher moving where we are. And Jesus, for sure, is calling us higher. Let's look at what he did with Peter here as we finish the passage today. Do not be afraid. These are the words of Jesus. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and what? Followed him. Followed him. When Jesus called people, he said what? Follow me. Salvation costs us nothing. There's nothing we can do to earn it. But discipleship's going to cost us everything. But the great news is 
when we become a slave to Christ, it's the most freeing thing we could ever do. When we truly let him have everything in our hearts, then the call is upon our life. God is calling everyone in this room, I can say that with confidence, to something greater, something bigger, something higher. And it doesn't need to look like anybody else's thing. You just need to find out what it is for you. Because he's got great work for us to do because he's compassionate. He's trying to call all these people in from the north, south, east, and the west. And they're going to fill this place up. And you're going to need to be here to serve and smile and hug and pray and whatever God lays on your heart to do. But you can't do that in the condition that you're in. We have to go deeper so we can get washed. We have to hear the word. We have to go to work. We have to deal with the weight and come alongside others. But we need to be washed today. That's what God desires to do in this service. Peter's whole world turned upside down. And he began a totally surrendered walk. But as we know, and I've already shared, he had many hiccups along the way. But God was patient. He was compassionate. And he was always forgiving. He's the same for you today. As the praise team comes... Where are you at today? Did you hear this word? Do you have a word from the Lord? Do you have something you've stored in your heart a long time ago that you've held on to? This may be stored somewhere wrapped up in a Bible or a journal. And the Lord's brought it to your mind as I've been speaking today. Are you looking to do something for God? Have you never done that and you're newly saved and you're trying to get going and you're looking for a word from the Lord today? Today is the day and the next step of that. And secondly, where are you in the work? If you're breathing, you've got something to do for the kingdom of heaven. You all have something that you can do for this body of believers. You all have something you can do to contribute to the greater whole. And that way, every single person that's baptized, every single person that comes to Jesus Christ, every single thing that this church does, you have an integral part of it. So receive the call to go to work today. And some of you are carrying way too much weight. I know your pastor is because I'm a pastor too. And he's being refreshed and renewed. But he needs people to come alongside of him. He needs people interceding for him. He needs people lifting his arms up. He needs other people reaching people. Because the work is great and the laborers are few. But I believe God's calling some laborers today. To go to work. And I know that the weight is too big for just the group that you have already. You've got a wonderful staff, phenomenal staff. But God's calling other people alongside to volunteer, to do the things that need to be done, to see this church become everything it's called to be. But that will never happen unless you let the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ wash you today to free you from the saltiness that you've gotten a hold of, to free you from that unforgiveness, to free you from that sin habit so that you can walk away today full of the Lord, full of love and grace and mercy and truly be overflowing so that when you come out Monday morning, they're going to be like, what kind of energy drink are you drinking? You're going to say, a Holy Ghost hit me yesterday and I still got some for you. Then you'll pray. You want help in Walmart? Just start praying for people. You'll get some help. Who's ready to move forward today? Who's ready to step? The altars are about to be open. We're going to spend some time in prayer. 
and we're going to worship God as we leave this place today. And I want every cup in this place to overflow. How about you? I want God's spirit just to pour out on us today. I want to be full when I leave this place. I want to be encouraged. I want my heart to stir with passion. And I don't want to be carrying anything I don't need to be carrying. How about you? The altars are open. Won't you come?